Hello and welcome to Nitty Gritty Reviews, the movie review podcast that uses a unique grid rating system to discuss a movie's weaknesses and celebrate its strengths. I am Rachel and my co-host for this mini episode is Tristan. Hey. So today we're going to be picking apart the cinematography lighting category of the grid. For those of you who have been listening along, we've been going through each category of the grid and breaking it, breaking it apart, talking about all five subcategories, giving examples of movies that would score very highly for us, as well as one overall example that would score poorly for each of us. Uh, so be sure to keep an eye out in the coming weeks for more mini episodes talking about each episode, or sorry, each of the 10 categories of the grid. And be sure to go back and listen to the ones that we've done already if you haven't done so yet. And um, we'll also have a mini episode coming up uh, somewhat soon, I guess, about the uh, summing up phases one and two of the Marvel Monday series before the official launch of season two on Monday, January 7th. We'll be posting a review of Captain America Civil War. That'll be me and Tristan, of course, as always for Marvel Monday. And joining us will be M and Brian. Really excited for that one. One of my favorite Marvel yeah. movies. That's going to be a good one. Um, and then after that, it's going to go to an every other Friday schedule for uh, Flashback Friday reviews with the first Monday of every month being Marvel Monday. So season two is going to be pretty excited. Be sure to keep an eye out for all of that. But in the meantime, this has been what I've been calling season 1.5, uh, which is the, the mini episodes talking about the grid. Uh, so with all of that uh, housekeeping out of the way, should we uh, start talking about cinematography lighting? Yes, let's do that. All right. Is there anything, uh, just to kind of get the conversation started, that you want to talk about right at the top? Or should we just dive right into the subcategories? This one, there was a lot of overlap, and I had a hard time just telling where to place things. But I do have one honorable mention that I want to mention real quickly. All right. Uh, it's the movie Death to Smoochie from 2002. I don't even remember what this movie was about. I don't know why I watched it, but I did. And it was a while ago. Probably around 2005 or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but this was that was the first movie where lighting really stood out, and there was a lot of uh, like texture added to the scene because of lighting. Like there was light that would like filter through a grate and cast a neat shadow, and like a lot of spotlight stuff. And I I, I don't even really remember much of it, but I remember being very impressed by it. And it was the first time that I really took note of it, and it was like really like an important thing. All right, sounds almost, I haven't seen it, although Sammy has recommended that I do many, many, many times. Yeah. Um, but I still have not seen it, but it sounds almost neo-noir the way you're describing it. it very well could be. <laughs> All right, uh, so on that note, so the, the, I think I'm gonna go a little bit out of order because the first subcategory is overall lighting, which is how well do the below categories work together. Uh, so I think it'll be a little bit easier to kind of go in reverse for this one and work our way up to the overall lighting category, if that works for you. That does work. All right. Uh, so then starting from the bottom and working our way up, that is going to start us with storytelling. Does the lighting help to tell the story? This can go in all kinds of different directions. I'm curious to know what direction you took it in. What movie for you would get a, a high score or a perfect 10 for lighting storytelling? So I chose... The TV show and the first movie, The X-Files. Uh, whenever you and I talk about The X-Files, we mention the lighting. There's like, there's uh, 
alien lights and there's lights that are shining directly at you and you don't know what's shining at you. Is it a helicopter? Is it an alien? Is it whatever? I don't know. There's like smoky city scenes. There's just all kinds of really interesting things. There's flashlights. Uh, you've told me about uh, in one of the episodes, uh, they have a lot of like indirect lighting. And I guess the lighting crew was actually wearing like a mylar suit oh, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Just to help the light bounce around a little more. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, did that too in the early yeah. seasons. That's a weird thing to do, but I guess <laughs> it works. Because I think the X-Files does an excellent job with lighting overall, but also using lighting for storytelling and sort of making you feel uh, like claustrophobic or open or, you know, just where to focus your attention. Uh, it's just used for so many things. And it's really visually stands out and i remember it from watching the first episodes in 1994 all right excellent pick i went, i had a little bit of a hard time with pretty much every category in this one because i will admit lighting is one of those things i'm i'm still in the process of trying to train myself to notice more and more like i'm pretty good at noticing camera work i you know my first instinct is to is to pick apart the script first like that's what i go to first and then camera work, and then some of these other things. Um, so lighting is definitely one that doesn't come naturally to me to notice, um, and it didn't really get touched on when I was in school, even though I studied film. We really didn't talk about lighting that much, so it's, you know, I, I mean, I wrote the grid, I created the grid, so I mean, I know what I'm looking for, but when it comes to coming up with examples, I had a little bit of a hard time. So that said, for storytelling, my brain kind of was, was going back and forth between two different directions where I was like, well, I can pick a horror movie because okay. it was definitely our, our especially older, I mean, black and white horror movies, of course, and then oh, yeah. like, like 70s yeah, yeah. horror movies. Um, you know, I, I considered going going more in that direction. Lots of you know, things hiding in the shadows coming out at you and you know, ominous, you know, fog filled cemeteries, whatever. There's, right, you right. know, that was the direction my brain went. And then uh, film noir and and more my speed neo noir. Yeah. Um, I love the look of of noir, but can't really get into the the scripts usually. There's a few ex a few uh, exceptions, but but neo noirs I love, especially like the Coen Brothers things like that. Uh, the the direction that I eventually went with was Blade Runner, which is definitely a neo noir, and it you know kind of blends film noir elements with like cyberpunk elements which was still i think pretty new when that movie came out uh yeah the movie came out in 82 yeah and when would cyberpunk become a thing that seems very 80s um, but it might have been 70s yeah let me let me check that right now all right while you're checking that i'll ra ramble for a while <laughs> um so i just love i mean honestly this movie would get high scores in in every lighting category mm. But storytelling especially because it uses the like kind of genre conventions of film noir, which is very much so established, you know, the a lot of the the genre conventions are established through lighting, which makes it a really interesting genre. Uh, so it's able to use lighting to to conjure up these, you know, old timey mystery, post-World War II kind of feelings, but then it's right. this you know, futuristic society. So it's, you know, creates this ambiance of, 
mystery and intrigue, but then it also adds like neon lights, which obviously would not be in a film noir, which was all black and white. Right. And it gives it this very futuristic feel and it, you know, there's, there's warm lighting and scenes where you need warm lighting and cool lighting where you need that. Like it, it plays around with like the color palette of the oh, lighting, yeah. which is, which is something we've talked about quite a bit before of like how much of that is set decoration, how much of that is lighting. And I think this is a good example of a movie that uses the, the lighting to create some of those color palettes or some of those feelings of warmth or coldness to, you know, tell the story about machines and, and men and where's the, where, where is humanity? Where's the, where's that line? Yeah. Um, I think the lighting really plays into the themes. So that's why I picked Blade Runner. Pretty good choice. Oh, you were asking about uh, cyberpunk? Oh, yes. So uh, some of the earliest influences are in the 70s, uh, okay. late 60s. But the, the, the book that really like set that as its own category was uh, a great book that everyone should read called Neuromancer by William Gibson. That part I did know. I didn't know when it came out. The book came out in 1984, two years after this movie came out. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yes, it is. Great choice, by the way. Thank you. All right, so then moving back uh, up the grid, I guess, that's going to bring us to realism. As this one, pretty easy to define, does everything look appropriately real or surreal? Um, I think it's important to to specify with this category that, um, I mean, obviously it's subjective, people can interpret however they want, but in my mind, it's not just, you know, oh, if it looks realistic, it gets high scores, and if it doesn't look realistic, it gets bad scores. Right. There. It can something can look unrealistic and be artistic and get 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 the story across, get the themes across. Like right, if if they were choosing to do that, if it doesn't look real because they just were shitty at their job, that exactly. should not be scoring highly. Right, that's that's a different story. Um, so I do think that's important to note that this, even though the category is called realism, it just means this is another one. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I should think of another way to phrase it, but I'm not quite sure how else to phrase it, right. but basically just does it look appropriately real or not for the story being told? Yeah. Um, so that said, what was your example for realism? Uh, my example is a movie that I'm pretty sure you chose somewhere on this list, and that is Annihilation. That is actually not on my list. That is crazy. Did you already choose it for a previous? It was a runner-up. it for later or something? Well, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. It was a runner-up in writing. I need to go back and make sure I didn't pick it for writing. Okay. Uh, I, I think this movie looks both appropriately real and appropriately surreal because it takes place in a real world and in a very, very surreal world. Absolutely. And the surreal world not only has amazing and surreal settings, but the light itself, like the sky, yeah. there's like a very slight like rainbow prism look prism yeah prism yeah. exactly and it's on the surface of water and the waves mm -hmm. of the water and uh like the, the shafts of light that beam that uh, come through the tree canopies it's subtle but also very noticeable and it's everywhere in the surreal part of the movie yeah and and it's not just the setting and just the colors it's the light itself which is it's just amazing. I can't think of yeah. any other movie where the light itself is that omnipresent and, and that uh, important and, and used uh, as well as it is in Annihilation. Good pick. Uh, my pick is not Annihilation, but another movie that I got weirdly obsessed with for a while. <laughs> I, Tanya is the one I okay. picked. 
Uh, I went more with the, I think this is maybe why I emphasized so much at the beginning of this uh, subcategory that it can be real or surreal. Um, but this one, it, it took a, a very realistic approach, looked almost documentary-like at times, yeah. um, which was perfectly suited for, for the movie being told, because it was almost like a documentary, and yet also completely not, and super subjective, and you can't believe anything anybody is saying, and, you know, it's not fact-driven in quite the same way that a typical documentary is. Right. Um, not that it's fiction-driven either, it really blurs the line, um, which I just love, and and I think the lighting plays a part in giving that feel of like, oh, this feels kind of like a documentary, and yet it's totally and completely not. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why I picked I, Tonya. It's a good movie. I probably should have chosen that for acting and casting. I thought about it. Yeah. Good I was almost picked it for writing. I've almost picked it for several things, it's but... A good movie for a lot of reasons. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then moving on up to the... Uh, third subcategory of the cinematography lighting section and that's going to be beauty which is pretty easy to define is uh, does everything look beautiful or appropriately ugly Uh, so this is another one i think it's important to note that not every movie needs to be beautiful some movies are ugly but that's too you know it's not because the light the uh cinematographer the lighter i I almost just said that Uh, it's not because the cinematographer doesn't know how to do their job it's because some scenes need to look uh maybe ugly is a little harsh but you know not everything is annihilation or you know something of that caliber where it's just this you just mentioned that now it's just all i can think of apparently (laughs) but you know, not everything has to be glowing and beautiful and, and right. you know, create that perfect ambiance. That said, my pick does do exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked Swiss Army Man. Okay. Which I don't want to get too into because that is uh, going to be a very early season two episode. It's actually already, it's already been recorded. I just need to edit it and it's going to be one of the first episodes of season two. And we, uh, that's one that I did with, with my sister, Jessie, and we definitely talk about lighting quite a bit and why it is so beautiful and why it works so well. Um, And also this is another one that could have worked for pretty much every uh, subcategory within this one, except maybe realism, except I think it's uh, appropriately surreal. And uh, I don't, yeah, maybe every category. I'm trying to remember how I actually rated it, but I, I guess spoilers, I, I won't say what I gave rated anything, but um, beauty for sure. Uh, for for a movie dubbed the farting corpse movie i was not <laughs> expecting to to watch it and and be in awe of the the beauty of it but it is one of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen at least as when as far as the lighting comes it's gorgeous so for beauty i chose the 1998 movie dark city i have never even heard of it what is this movie it's you may have seen it i don't know I don't often forget a movie. Yeah, uh, it's, I guess, neo-noir. Uh, it's like a mystery where this guy's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, he wakes up and he's like in a room where he obviously just killed someone. And so he like stumbles out and he runs around. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. It turns out it's like this weird city that's floating in space and it's controlled by aliens. Every night they put everyone to sleep and then mess with their memories and reshape the city. And then it's like they're running simulations to try to figure out how humans work or something. Definitely never seen this movie. Yeah, it's a, it. it's a pretty weird movie. And the ending is, I think, terrible. One of the dumbest <laughs> endings of any movie I've ever seen. But the, the 
it's a really neat looking movie and kind of a neat idea. Uh, but the there are scenes that are really, really attractive and have really great lighting. And then there are scenes that are really ugly and they have like ugly neon lighting that makes everything look just gross and like too urban and too like the people look sickly and, and everything is just ugly because of the lighting. And then there's others where it's like very warm and very pleasant and it has a really neat mix. And uh, yeah, Dark City. All right. I will add that to my list of movies to watch in 2019 for my watch at least 100 new movies that are new to me goal. It's a good one. Except right. the ending. I hope you haven't spoiled too much. It seemed like you said a lot. Oops. You can edit it out. <laughs> Not out of my brain. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then that's going to bring us up to uh, mood. Does the lighting set the appropriate mood for the story? What was your pick for something that would score highly with this subcategory for you? I chose the, I don't know about original, but the 1989 version of Batman. The first, I think of it as the first Batman, but there may have been a movie before that. I believe there was a movie, in fact, I'm certain of it, um, in the early 60s that was from the TV show that was like Uh, a TV movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's the one. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. That uh, I've seen clips of yeah. those episodes, and that I don't think has good lighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine it did. Um, <laughs> but this one, uh, just the city, Gotham, it looks really unique and interesting and different. Even compared to modern movies, uh, yeah. I think they really went with a different direction. And a lot of that's other things like crazy camera angles and the, the sets and all that. But the lighting plays a really big role in that as well. It. It may have been what they had to do to make a comic book movie that isn't like goofy and silly and for kids, even though the movie is kind of (laughs) silly. Yeah. Yeah, it really sets the mood. All right. So my example for mood is a little bit of a, you know, one of those stereotypical, if you're talking about lighting, this is probably going to come up in a textbook for an example of of good Mm. lighting. So I almost didn't put it because I wanted to think of something more unique, but I'm like, but it does have, it it sets the mood so perfectly and it uh you know I, I couldn't not pick it and that's pan's labyrinth oh yeah the i mean the lighting in that movie is just i mean everything in that movie is gorgeous but the lighting if it you know if it was lit poorly that movie would have looked awful and it wasn't thank god and it just looks absolutely i i almost went with it for beauty as well cuz i think it it definitely is one where everything looks beautiful, even when ugly things are happening, which which creates a really interesting um, point to the story, I guess. But yeah. I think that's kind of why I leaned more towards mood is because, you know, even when awful things are happening, just the lighting just tells you how to feel more than the action, I think, where, like, you know, it's a fairy tale and, you know, it's almost a parable. Not I mean, not quite a parable, but it's. I don't know, but I guess just fairy tale is the word I'm looking for. But I mean, it just everything is simple yet extremely complicated, and everything's dark but really hopeful, and like it's just uh, constantly plays with opposites in in every scene. Uh, whether it's you know, there's a lot of like masculine versus feminine, earth versus um, industrial. Like there, like it's just kind of fantasy versus reality like the yeah. whole movie plays with with opposites and i think the lighting and the color schemes like cool and dark lighting 
um, really play a role in that light and dark. Like the the lighting just contributes to all of that. And um, but I think that you know mood is where it, it hits me the strongest. Where I'm like, man, the lighting really plays a really big part in telling you how to feel when you're watching that movie. Um, so I picked Pan's Labyrinth for mood. Although that's a movie that would probably get a perfect 10 in all of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much all of my answers, I think, would get perfect 10s in all of these. They're just... Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, is there anything you want to add about any of the the four subcategories we've talked about so far before we jump up to overall lighting? Uh, yeah, I want to say that I had to shift these around a lot because, like you said, a lot of these... Like, if it's good in one category, it's probably going to be good in the other subcategories. Yeah. All right. So then that brings us to overall lighting, which is how well do the below categories work together? So what, uh, especially now that we've said that that most of these would get perfect tens down the line, what movie did you pick that would get a perfect ten for overall lighting or a high score, at least for overall lighting? Okay. So uh, I changed my mind right before we started recording. The best movie I could think of was Blade Runner. I obviously can't argue with yeah. that. And I could pick that for a perfect 10 on any one of these lighting categories. Absolutely. I could pick it for any of the cinematography, the locations, the hair, the makeup, oh, the clothing. Yeah. Can't wait to review that one. We've, I can't it, believe we haven't yet. Yeah, anything that requires looking at it, mm-hmm. perfect 10. Automatic. Yeah. Or uh, listening to it. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, that's it's one got of those so movies much going like, on. It's, gonna, it's certainly... I think going to be within that 97.5 threshold where I was like, if it gets, this is my, my random rule where if it gets a (laughs) 97.5 or higher, I'm like, it's basically perfect. It's just not quite perfect on a technicality, basically. Yeah. I I could go on for much longer, but I think we both said everything. Um, (laughs) Any of the things, any of the positive things that I said about any of these movies also applies to Blade Runner. Yeah. It's just, not only is it all those other amazing things that uh, all those other amazing visuals, but the lighting itself does play such a big role and it is everywhere and it's always interesting. It's always visually stunning. Yeah. Overall lighting, 10 out of 10 Blade Runner. Absolutely. My pick is a little different, <laughs> especially considering, I mean, every single example that I've given, like, I guess maybe Itania might not get perfect 10s in all of these, but the other three for sure would be a perfect 10 in overall lighting. Like easily you could just pop that up there and, and those ones could easily double as my answer for this. Um, so that said, the answer I picked does not fall into the same category as those movies, but I do think it is visually stunning. I gave a similar answer in the last episode that was acting and casting. Um, Hear me out. Let me finish. (laughs) You haven't even started, but okay. I know. I almost like don't even want to say it, but I stand by it though. Batman versus Superman. Okay. Awful movie. Yeah. The script is all over the place. It's a hot mess, but visually speaking, it is stunning. I mean, Zack Snyder might not be the best storyteller, but he is an artist. Like he can, he can craft a, a picture and, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of it with that movie does come with the, the camera work, but I would argue that the lighting is much more impressive than the camera work and the special effects. Like those three things I think are, are obviously right. the, the big ones when it comes to visual style, but 
I think the the lighting plays the biggest part in why I like the visual look of the movie. Because um, the camera yeah. work, I mean, certainly, like, the, the compositions and stuff get so on the nose between the religious imagery and the, like, recreating comic book covers. It's like, okay, 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 I get it. But the lighting, is, I mean, it does, it does all of these things. It sets the mood really, really well. It, you know, it looks beautiful. It plays that balance of, like, here's this really fantastical sci-fi. I mean, it's Batman versus Superman. You've got Superman, which is sci-fi. You've got Batman, which is noir. You're mixing those two things. It's a comic book world. Like, there's a lot of things where it's like, okay, it looks realistic where it needs to look realistic, but it also incorporates elements of noir, elements of sci-fi, elements of fantasy. Like, it does a lot with the lighting, yeah. Storytelling is probably the weakest by far, but I mean, I think these all four of these these subcategories work really well within the movie, um, which is just another reason why it's such a shame that the scripts are awful for those movies, because um, man, that movie is just a hot mess. But visually speaking, if you can take a step back and and ignore the scripts, visually speaking, it's stunning. So I I went with that as my answer for overall lighting. It's a good choice. All right, is there anything else you would like to add for any of these five subcategories before we give our bad example? <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's move on. All right, what is your bad example? And what I mean by a bad example is something that if you if you rated a movie on all five of these subcategories, the average on a scale from zero to ten would be somewhere below a five. What movie for you would would fall into that range? So I was going to pick a different movie, but I chose this one because the lights, uh, as far as I could tell, it was all practical lit, practical lights. Uh, It's not like they messed it up in post-production or something. Like, they just messed up the lighting. And that is, you mentioned this movie last episode, Inalienable. Yes. The lighting is bad. So bad. And, like, it's like distractingly bad mm-hmm. obnoxiously bad it makes the actors look so ugly yeah they all look just like old and worn out and tired and like their face bones don't look like they're in the right place because there's such bright lights and dark shadows and fluorescence fluorescence and everyone just looks kind of sickly and weird <laughs> it's just bad I remember we watched that movie not long before we met Marina Sirtis in person. And she's in that movie. And I was like, I feel like I need to brace myself because, like, she has not aged well. And I was like, ooh, man. And then we saw her in person. I was like, she's gorgeous. She's like, looks phenomenal. She has aged phenomenally. Like, man, like, I would sue if I was. I mean, that's extreme. I wouldn't literally. But, ooh, man, it made her look... And everybody, I mean, it wasn't just her. Everybody looked awful, but because we were about to meet her, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it looks she, like... She's not aged well, but, yeah, looked, but like, like she, she has. <laughs> like It made her look like she spent the last 50 years living under a bridge or something. Something, yeah. It was yeah. Just, just awful. Yeah. Just yellowed skin and, like, wrinkles all over the place. And I think the camera angles also were really unflattering, if I recall. Like, I think there was a lot of, like down looking up which is never a particularly good uh camera angle but i could be wrong on that i i mostly remember the lighting to the point where uh we recorded this episode back to back with the acting and casting and as soon as we finished 
you know, the acting and casting and started writing down our examples, I got to the the beauty example or not the beauty, well, I guess the beauty also. And then the bad example, I was like, damn it, I was going to save Inalienable because <laughs> that was the movie that like made me like think of like what like when I was writing the grid or you know creating the grid I was like okay when it comes to like beauty (laughs) this is my like unsatisfactory caliber this is what an unsatisfactorily lit movie looks like Like that that has been my caliber since the inception of the grid as to what what a bad one looks like what a bad what bad lighting looks like right and it's it's like we said it's like actively bad Mm mm-hmm it, it's worse than just it's worse than having poor lights or something yeah like it's it's going out of its way to be bad almost yeah i mean i think it's really just the fluorescence i think i don't know if it was like a budgetary thing of like oh we'll just use whatever lights are here yeah or if it was like oh we're gonna be realistic because it was like a courtroom scene is the one i remember the most as being really yeah. bad yeah. So I don't know if it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be super realistic and use, like, real courtroom lights. Or if it was budgetary. I don't know what the decision was, but it was the wrong call. It was bad. It was so don't bad. Don't they usually, like, watch what they're recording or see it soon afterwards? Or anyone on the crew? Especially yeah. someone behind the camera or interested Or Marina in Sirtis. Or, or, yeah. Was, when we met her in person, like, every single person who took a picture with her, she had to look at the picture yeah, on right. the camera and approve of it and then give it back. She's like, she would tell you before you took She's like, all right. She's like, I'm going to look at it. If I don't like it, I'm deleting it. She's like, we'll take another one. I'm not going to, like, charge you for another one. But, like, I get yeah. final say. Like, this is going on social media. It's never going to be deleted. I get final say. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> she was funny. But that made me even more surprised. I'm like, how did you let this movie get out if she's that? Or maybe that's the reason why she's like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she learned her lesson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you can't think of an example that bad, but what did you choose? No, I, I feel like it's pretty close, though, and it's pretty funny. Um, it was really hard not to say something earlier when you gave one of your examples, because I picked Batman and Robin, Okay. Um, the, the understandable the Joel Schumacher yeah. one, and the main reason I picked it, it's not even necessarily. I mean, it does look pretty bad, but it's probably not the worst I've ever seen. But uh, especially when it comes to like, okay, there's already been was it two or three? I guess it was three movies before that, progressively getting worse and worse with each one. But like, like the Tim Burton one, like you said, that made your list for like one of the best so it started off really strong and then just got worse and worse with each movie to the point that by the time you get to batman and robin like you know usually when you know cinematographers and directors get together to to shoot a movie they look at i mean obviously they're not looking at a grid like this but they're you know (laughs) they're thinking to themselves what mood do we want to set for this scene what you know how do we want it to do we want it to look realistic do we want it to be surreal you know like they they think about these things you know how how beautiful do we want it to look or should it be gritty and ugly like there's these are these are the questions that the cinematographer and the director usually collaborate with and and think about and, and try and craft in their scenes with batman and robin that was never none of those questions were a part of the process <laughs> it was literally here's this toy company this toy company is basically paying for this movie and they want to make toys based on the things we make 
So therefore, we're going to make everything that's going to look really good in toy form. That makes sense. That was the whole movie. And of course, a lot of that goes into like the, the props and the set. Like the whole, everything about that movie was was bad. The script was awful because they didn't care. It was just about like, how can we make a Batmobile that's going to make a cool Hot Wheels? But it always looks cool. Like, why did they go yeah, to such a screen? Yeah, it's Batmobile. Like. But they wanted the neon colors that like it was no longer... Yeah. This dark and gritty noir Gotham. It was neon colors, kids' toys. Everything looks like a Hot Wheels, but not in a good way. Like it was, it was bad. And and I think the lighting, like all those bright, bright neon lights, instead of the the dark fog and you know the the Gotham, the the dirty, gross Gotham. Like you you didn't get that, and it was just awful. Um, and it didn't do, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't necessary. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It very well could be visually unappealing, but that wasn't even what I was thinking of. I was thinking more just it didn't set out to do any of these things on the grid. And, That's a good and point. therefore it's it's not good. It's, it's a bad example. It would score very poorly on all of these because it wasn't even trying. <laughs> that wasn't the goal of that movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Something to think about. Yeah. So that was my pick. Um, all right, then going back to the flip side, I guess I probably could have asked this um, when we were talking about overall lighting, because it's a pretty similar question, but a little bit different, I think. Right. So the question for this episode is, what is the most beautiful movie, visually speaking, that you have ever seen? This one I actually did put for overall lighting, but then swapped the two. Uh, because I often get lighting and like color scheme kind of Confused isn't the right word because I know they're different things and I know what they are, but they kind of meld together. Yeah, it kind of becomes interchangeable. Yeah, uh, but I I was trying really hard not to do that for this, which which I think worked out well because there's so many movies that really do focus on lighting as lighting rather than just color scheme. But this movie has beautiful lighting. Uh, It's very surreal. It's very real uh, when necessary. Uh, It also has amazing color schemes. It has interesting wallpapers uh people's clothing is interesting there's so much detail to this movie it's the most beautiful movie i've ever seen amelie all right i approve that That's was uh... I, I guess i guess uh, i gave all my explanation <laughs> first that was almost my pick for for beauty and then i remembered i kind of gave it as an ex- as an example for uh likable characters in the character right. section even though I took it back and, and said Parks and Rec, I was like, technically, I still gave it as an answer, which was stupid, because obviously I should have saved that for cinematography. Um, although that movie is great in every aspect. But but yeah, that's a, a really good answer. I I agree with, with everything you just said. That is definitely up there for me with the, the most visually stunning movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, my pick... Um, it's kind of along the same lines, I feel, or at least the same kind of genre. Uh, I picked her. Okay. Uh, uh, as I was saying this, I was thinking, wow, this this sounds a lot like her. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely definitely the the lighting plays into it big time, which we we talk about quite a bit in our record breakingly long <laughs> review of her. Um, which it's a really long episode, but it's one of my favorites. But man, I mean, that movie is like, it's not just the lighting. It's, it's every single thing. Just like exactly like what you were saying about Amelie. Apply that right to this movie. Yeah. Um, Clothing, mm-hmm. sets, everything. Absolutely. It's just, um, just the attention to detail and the, the craftsmanship 
in in every category of the grid to yeah. make it stunning. It's just, just beautiful. Um, I would say that's probably the most beautiful movie in in every definition of the word, not just visually speaking. Um, I just think it's it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful uh, message. It's it it looks beautiful. The people are beautiful. Like everything in that movie is just beautiful. Yeah, good choice. Thank you. Um, so I asked that question to Twitter uh, very, very last minute, and it was only like half an hour ago, so I haven't received any responses yet, so I can't read any of them. Um, if I get any responses before I edit this, I will come back and read it, um, but I'm not sure if that will happen or not. We'll <laughs> see. But yeah, so unfortunately, I don't have any any Twitter responses to read. Um, you can still you can still respond. Uh, maybe I will do it next week since uh, next week the the first episode of next week is going to be cinematography camera work so this question still kind of applies to that so i i could read some answers then so yeah let us know on uh twitter instagram facebook all those are at gritty films you can let us know or email us at grittyfilms at gmail.com let us know uh the most beautiful movie visually that you have ever seen and we'll talk about it at some point, I'll either come back and record it for this, or, uh, which, nah, that wouldn't make sense because they're listening to it now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll talk about it at some point because uh, I really want to hear what other people think. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Is there anything that you'd like to add for cinematography lighting? Uh, this was more fun than I thought it would be. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Uh, what I meant was, um, <laughs> when I'm reviewing an individual movie, sometimes I have a hard time with, with these categories, but for some reason when I was thinking of like, what, what movie or series TV show, uh, does a good job with, let's say storytelling, like several things popped into my mind and I actually had a hard time placing them and I switched them around quite a few times, which I, I thought it would be a lot harder and right. it was fun talking about it too. It was really fun. All right. Well then on that note, I guess I will play us out the song for this episode is africa's toto nope that's wrong the song for this <laughs> that was a really delayed response you almost didn't even notice <laughs> yeah i was like wait no that sounds right oh no never mind right. no the the song for this episode is Toto's Africa, uh, which is a pretty random pick, but I recently discovered uh, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard's music video where they lip sync to this song, and it's super duper random and also like three years old. I'm just now discovering it uh, because of my Kristen Bell phase, uh, which if you had listened to, uh, if you had, I'm all accusatory, if you had listened, I'll assume you have. If you listened to uh, last week's episode, I talk about my Kristen Bell phase. So that's what's up with this random song. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening to this mini nitty gritty review episode. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We'll be posting another mini episode right after this one on the same day and then two the following Friday. So be sure to keep an eye out for more mini episodes. And uh, season two launches with all new movie review episodes on January 9th. We're going to be doing Marvel Monday on the first Monday of every month and Flashback Friday movie reviews every other Friday. 
If you liked what you heard on this episode, be sure to contribute to the conversation. Like I said before, Gritty Films can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the handle at Gritty Films. That's Gritty Films, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y Films. You can also email us at grittyfilms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what movies would get perfect tens for you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.